0: To a Texan's View of the World with your host, Jeb Bashaw. Good afternoon. This is Jeb Bashaw, and this is my podcast, A Texan's View of the World. After 15 episodes, I assumed y'all were tired of yak- my yakking, so I thought I'd mix it up a little bit. I'm joined in the studio today by my friend and local restaurateur, John Marion Caraba. John Marion, as his friends call him, is a fifth-generation Houstonian. He went to that other boys' school for bad boys, St. Thomas High School. And then to our own University of Saint Thomas here in Houston. John and I have been friends since Jesus wore knee pants, and I want to have him come in today, to discuss Houston, his life, being an entrepreneur, and of course how to stay alive in the restaurant business during COVID nineteen. Welcome, Johnny. Thank you for having me, Jeff. I appreciate it. We're delighted to have you here. Johnny, you're the grandson of Italian immigrants. Tell us what it was like growing up in Houston on the east side in the fifties, sixties and seventies.
1: Well, I actually my parents grew up on the my dad grew up on the East Side. My mother grew up, as my dad said, in the River Oaks side. She grew up in Tanglewild. Wow, fancy! <laughs> and so, uh, but so being an native Estonian and uh, going to all the local high schools and the local universities as well too, it was fun. It, it uh, I had a good time. Uh, I had a great time. I I wouldn't know how to live in any other city besides Houston uh and because i've given no other city a chance but uh i love houston houston has been great for our family
0: that's wonderful you know it's funny you said that i feel the same way if i'd have been somebody had said would rather be born in any other city in the world in the 60s i can't imagine a better city for us to have grown up in tell me about your folks i think i think you're it's funny we were talking outside before we came to the studio that you mentioned when you went to St. Thomas, you had 16 cousins uh, at, the, at St. Thomas High School when you entered as a freshman. So obviously, pretty close family. Tell me about what it was like growing up uh, in an Italian family here in Houston.
1: Well, my dad was raised on the East End, and uh, my grandfather had a very successful grocery store on Canal Street. And um, so when my dad uh, then graduated from St. Thomas in 51, and then... Uh, went to U of H for a year or two and then went to the Korean war and served and then came back. And then, uh, he met a very sweet gal, uh, Marianne Triola, which is my mother's maiden name. And then they got married, uh, then lived, uh, and built a home. And I mentioned in Tanglewild, uh, that was way out on the West side. Oh, it was too. dirt. It yeah. was dirt. My <laughs> grandfather told my dad, what the hell are you doing over here? And well, how do you get over here? Uh, and so, um, But we were there up until 1970 uh, on a street called Meadowcroft. Oh, sure. And uh, then moved out west as my grandfather passed away. (laughs) And so the home wasn't big enough for my grandmother coming in. So my parents built the home over in the Derry Ashford area. And um, we were there until um, my parents' house caught a fire. My parents were there until their house caught a fire in 2000. And uh, anyway, uh, then they moved closer in, close by the restaurant in the gallery area.
0: Fantastic. How wonderful. Now, um, of course, you have a beautiful wife who I know.
1: Tell me where y'all met. Well, we actually met uh, when... Uh, this is a family I, show. Yes, so okay, i got to be careful. To keep it safe, wouldn't yeah. you? The, uh, we actually... I taught Janice how to water ski, I think, when she was probably about 11 years old. Oh my and, of God. course, I'm six years older, and we have some friends of ours uh, who are our cousins. And, uh, and And we just... Kind of met, told her Warski, and that was it. And then, you know, I'm 10 years later. wound I'm getting back together, and, or, and uh, or getting together, I should say. And then then got married. Uh, so we've been married now 36 years.
0: Now she comes from an Italian family too.
1: Yes, her um, family's maiden name was Vento, which means wind in Italian. And so I always thought. Or she always told me I should have been named Vento because of all the hot air. So I just kind of go with the program at this point, being married 36 years.
0: Good plan. That's, that'll keep everybody happy. Wife, Happy life, happy wife. Exactly. Um, well, that's pretty exciting. Um, well, tell me about, um, you've been in the restaurant business a long time. You worked uh, in the in and around the restaurant business, and you started your own business. Tell me about how you got involved and when that started.
1: Well, actually, uh, when I graduated from University of St. Thomas, I was in the banking business. And... Uh, always wanted to get in the restaurant business. And then uh, I was offered an opportunity uh, by my cousin uh, and went to work for him for about 10 and a half, 11 years, and then decided to open up my own restaurant, uh, which we opened up uh, in 2000, uh, Piatto Restaurante, as you alluded to. And we've been there ever since. Uh, look, I've been in this business 33 years. I love it. It's a great business. It's been great for our family. Um all of our families, and uh, is to, there's always challenges in any business that 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 you're in, and uh, you know we've gone through some challenges the last probably three years, three and a half years, uh, with construction on Post Oak Boulevard, and you know now the COVID that we're all going through right now.
0: Sure, and of course you've survived oil booms and busts, and it's, correct. Uh, just from and just so I want to make sure we get tell talk about where the restaurant is.
1: Restaurant is. Right behind Dillard's, uh, we're at 4925 West Alabama off the corner of Post Oak Boulevard. And uh, we're right—well, we're kind of tucked away. We're behind a parking garage, behind a feeder, (laughs) one-way street— uh, you couldn't get a more visible location if you tried. Well,
0: <laughs> I started to say, just for our listeners, make sure if you're going there, if you see the yellow awnings, pull in before you get to the yellow awnings, because if you don't, next stop, I think, is Sugar Land. Sugar Land or 59
1: or downtown, <laughs> one of the two, yeah. You'll
0: end up there. Well, it's funny you said that. I, I've always known where your location was. We love it. Our families love it. You've taken great care of our family over the years, and, of course, the interesting thing to me is, I you call it Dillard's. I remember it when it was Battlesteins and then Joskys and now Dillard's, and so when I have friends come to town, so say, oh, you know, right over there behind Joskeys and they look at me like I'm from another city. So uh, I know exactly where you are, and it's a great location. Parking is right there, and um, and y'all do a
1: super job. You know, it was interesting. You mentioned Joskeys and I always say Dillard's because people don't know where Dillard's is. Mm-hmm us old-time Houstonians do. My grandmother worked at Jossky's for a while. Oh, Did really? I ever tell my team, <laughs> No. She worked in the miller department. So as a kid, when my mother and dad were working, then, we, you know, there was no babysitter or whatever else. So I'd hop with my grandmother in the car and, and go to the third floor where the miller department was in Joskeys. Oh, my God. Yeah. How great. What a small, was small world. Was that fun. is
0: fun. fun. Well, so you started the restaurant uh, almost 20 years ago. Isn't yeah. that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And in the same location. And um, you mentioned some of, the ha- some of the challenges you've had, and it's amazing. I-, I think anybody that goes in the restaurant business thinks first food costs, maybe employee difficulties, challenges. But you've really had some interesting things thrown at you in the last uh, three years. The, as you said, the big construction on Post Oak, and then most recently, uh, oil, of course, you've survived three or four oil busts, and now you've got COVID. Tell me, how do you do it? I mean, every time I go in there, you get a smile on your face. How do you stay upbeat when you've got all these things being thrown at you?
1: A lot of red wine. <laughs> no you know when we opened in june of 2000 and being an any of such as yourself you know there, uh, there's so many storms and hurricanes that we've all been through and i remember an opened in 2000 it was june 4th of 2000 and then that four days later was a storm and i don't know if it was <laughs> allison or alicia i really don't remember respectfully and so we were closed for about a week and so i i never forget i called my insurance company and uh you know, I said, look, I said, we lost power. We had no power. And he goes, okay. He says, well, just send me your year to date sales. I said, year to date sales? <laughs> We've been open four days. What are you talking about? And so, them. <laughs> and so we laughed and he laughed. And really three months later, honest to goodness to you, was nine eleven. Wow. And so between that storm in June and then, you know, three months later with 9-11, and I looked at my wife and I said, what the hell did I do? <laughs> and so – And this day and time, we can kind of look back and reflect and laugh about it and know there's been a lot of great times, which outweighed the bad times. Um, The restaurant industry, as you mentioned, has changed. It's continuing to change. And, you know, I had a couple of relatives who had restaurants uh, downtown when downtown was going through the construction as well, too. And, you know, those guys and gals did not make it. And uh, we're, again, as you alluded to, very fortunate. You know, we had this great construction project on Post Oak Boulevard, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure will be a success after I'm dead and gone. Uh,
0: <laughs> kind of like the Gulf Freeway. My correct. mother used to say, we'll never see the Gulf Freeway be finished. I'm not sure I, I Post think, Oak will ever be finished either. I don't think
1: it will either, but as I've, i you know, have some friends who work at Uptown Galleria, so I'll get in trouble for saying this. <laughs> but as they started that, I think, started running those buses August 23rd. Uh, which is well, almost two months now. I think I've seen 20 people on the buses, wow. and I know that's because people aren't working from their offices because of COVID. Um, but between the construction on Post Oak Boulevard and and some restaurants not surviving it, we've been very fortunate to survive it. Uh, our biggest uh, that has always been our lunch it was fantastic, and then people could not literally walk across the street from Williams Tower, putting their lives in danger as they crossed Post Oak Boulevard yeah, to walk to the restaurant. And then, you know, so I think they got through that construction probably in September, October of this year, uh, and then lo and behold, or October of 2019, uh, and then lo and behold came COVID. And so here we are all trying to just uh, hope and pray that this thing will be over with before the next day.
0: It'll probably be over with on election day, don't Probably. We? Oh, I definitely I'm agree. I'm pretty sure that. that's when yeah, it's going to end. I we got about another I'm two, a, three weeks to go. As, as a friend of mine said, how should I know when it's going to end? I'm a doctor, not a politician. <laughs> Uh, one of my interesting things that's funny as I sit here and you and our longtime friends, I'm, you know, when I grew up, <laughs> we thought Italian food was spaghetti warehouse <laughs> and yeah. mother would take us down there and we thought that was the greatest place. Obviously the world's changed. You know, we re- recently had the loss of uh, Tony Valone, who your mom, I think actually worked for, didn't she do? The... She
1: did for his flowers for a while. Yes. Yeah. Tell that story. Cause I think it's interesting. Well, my mother, uh, worked for a, f- a local uh, Italian family who had a couple of flower shops and, uh, then um you know Tony approached her if she ever thought about doing her own flower shop and she goes, No, not really. And then because uh, well, I think you should and so she opened up the flower shop It was called International Flowers, Overall Memorial and Dairy Ashford. And then as she opened it up, uh, you know, Tony started buying his flowers from her. Wow. and then uh, you know, was worried about a driver. Showing up, driver, not showing up. My dad had his own job, and I was in high school. And so, uh, sorry, I can't skip class today. And, uh, but anyway, so it, an opportunity arose where uh, uh, she had an opportunity to sell it, and she did. And uh, she then went to work for Tony and as his florist inside of his restaurant. Crazy. And did that uh, for a number of years, uh, and, you know, until she semi-retired.
0: That's wonderful. And she's great. She's in the story yes, once in a while, I yeah, love her is. to death. and. She's always got a smile on her face. It's just interesting what an entrepreneurial family you've come from. And obviously nothing uh, worth having is easy. And, and you guys have been successful in so many different places. Tell me, tell me a little bit about, uh, so back to the story I was going to ask you about. So, so back in the old days, that was kind of what Italian food was. And now it seems like there's an Italian restaurant on every corner. How, how do you all continue to keep it fresh and differentiate and, and, and make sure that folks are, you, you can differentiate yourself in a very, very competitive market?
1: It is very competitive. And, um, you know, I I think that what's been successful is an owner has to be always there, he or she. And so you've got to take care of your customers and you've got to have your food there and your food's got to be consistent and fresh. And it's it's by not having food made for three (coughs) or four days is for making food fresh. And so I've been very fortunate where my kitchen manager has been with me since day one. I have a staff of 22 prior to COVID. Uh, and now that COVID, uh, before COVID hit, out of those 22, uh, 15 with me were since day one. Wow. Which is a big deal in this city. It's a great I, I, testament I, to you. Yeah, well, I treat them like family, and they treat me like family uh but no we have our moments in this and that's what makes it me because it is you know we treat people when they come into Piatto as, as their second home or in some cases their first home and uh, uh so we that's how we've branded ourselves and with competition coming in i think the competition really is is your yourself and your own four walls mm-hmm. you take care of your own four walls and then kind of the rest takes care of everything else uh And, uh, just worry about what you've been successful doing and let, let God take care of the rest.
0: That's fantastic. And you do, you, I do think one of the highlights is walking in and seeing the owner and somebody glad you're there and you guys do a great job. And again, with your mom in there and, uh, for us, it's like, you know, it reminds me of, uh, cheers. You walk in there and sit down at the bar. Next thing you know, five people, uh, sitting there having a drink with you and it's a really, really wonderful family place that I think is, is excellent. Um, talk a little bit about, I don't want to get too deep into this, because uh, you know you and I share a lot of things, but you survived a heart attack, you've had cancer, and as I jokingly say, you've survived our friendship, so you're clearly an optimist. I mean, what do you see coming in in Houston for the next few years? And obviously, the world's changing. You said it yourself, uh, this COVID thing is interesting because here you are surrounded by one of the largest buildings, really, in North America. Those people have for, formerly had the opportunity to walk across the street and have lunch. You had a building right next to you that was full, and, and now those people don't seem to be coming back. I mean, how are you going to – what are your plans to get ready for that and – uh, other than just pedal harder, how do you see that coming out?
1: Well, instead of saying one rosary now, I'm up to two rosaries a day, <laughs> first of all. And then uh, that's my bazillion background. Uh, the uh, No, I, I, you know, it's interesting. See, I personally think not being in the uh, working in an office in the corporate world, I, I I have my own opinions, and I don't know. I know if you gave me an opportunity to stay home and work, I uh, I would probably do that to be honest with you. Really? And so, I mean, but after, after about a week, I'm ready to go back to the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my wife would be ready after two days. <laughs> so uh, how'd that work out uh, <laughs> yeah, when right you were so. home?
0: Uh, I know you closed in the month of July just to kind of give everybody a breather. Uh, how'd that work out at home? Was she pretty excited to wake up every morning and see you sitting
1: there? And you yeah, it was a great 30 days. Of the day. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. No, it was fun. Uh, but you know what? It, it's, it's, you're, you're born with that in you. So every morning, even though we were closed for the first time ever for a whole month, um, it's nerve wracking being self employed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you want to know, are they going to come back? You know, when you open the doors back up. And so, you know, I was going to the restaurant. You know, literally, you know, two times a day, still like we're opening for lunch, checking on things. And I, I've told you the story, and, and you know, so I'd go back home. And then I'd come back around 4.30, quarter, five, and I'd, I'd get me a glass of wine. And then I would drive down Post Oak without the wine, uh, <laughs> seeing, uh, you know, what other people that Rope it Up were doing. And uh, I'd go back to the restaurant, and then I'd have another half a glass of wine. And then I'd go back down Post Oak around an hour and a half later uh, without the glass of wine, and, uh, you know, seeing what those restaurants were doing, Uh and that's just you know it's it's instilled in you. Mm. You can't teach that to anybody. Mm. You know if you're going used to going 100 miles an hour, you're going to be going 100 miles an hour until you're six feet under. Right. Uh, and uh, and so uh, I think it's you know it's something that we were raised with. It's in our genes. It's in our blood. I know our genes are probably messed up a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but no, it's instilled in you. And so it, it was nerve wracking. But I will tell you, as you get older. In my opinion, anyway, I know i probably have a lot of people that'll disagree with me. I need to keep working no matter what happens to Piatto. Keep working, keep working until I finally do- kill over. But I'll tell you, that month off was kind of refreshing. Um, it made me think that, you know, maybe next July we can do this again mm-hmm. because it does recharge your battery. Mm-hmm. And I think if you brace for closing for a month like we did because everybody was – July is always one of the slowest months in the restaurant business uh, because people are gone, at least in our part of town, where it's the business district, and they're, and they're gone because of July 4th, which is now a 10-day holiday. Uh, <laughs> and so based on that and, and being in the business district versus a neighbor, suburban neighborhood um, – it 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 created really a, something that was kind of eye-opening that, you know, maybe we could do this again next next July. Because again, it does give everybody a fresh start, to be honest with you. It, it charges your battery. Now, in our business, I think anytime you're self-employed, you've got to have your battery recharged mm-hmm. and just to kind of wake up and see what's behind the curtains.
0: Fantastic. That's great. I, I agree with you. I think one of the things you and I share is our love of what we do for a living and, and the people we get, the, the the frankly, the honor to work with and but, um, you know, if you don't get a break every once in a while, maybe it could change your opinion about things. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, we talked already today about your family, very entrepreneurial, all the way back to your grandfather and your mom opening your own flower shop and your dad. Uh, tell us about your daughter. Your daughter, uh, I guess we have daughter uh, kids about the same age. What's your daughter doing? And uh, does she want to be in the restaurant business?
1: Um. Yes. Uh, no, I'm kidding. You know what? I, she, she expresses interest in the restaurant business. She really likes it because this has her, been her whole life. Mm-hmm. But it's a hard business. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think as you know, uh, I, I think if you own your own dirt, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but I think if you own your own dirt, it's a different ball game. Right. If you're leasing right. and, you know, you're, every five or 10 years, you've got to go up and renegotiate a, a lease and what have you. Different animal. Uh, Yes, she, I think, liked to be. She worked for Southern Glaciers, uh, you know, and she went to uh, University of St. Thomas and she graduated here in 2010. And actually, we're kind of excited. We're going to be both alumni at University of St. Thomas. We're going to be actually the judges for the uh, Two Saints and a Taco in April. Two, two saints in a taco, yeah, I think that's what it's called, something like Perfect. that. And so, uh, we, this is our second time doing it in ten years. And uh, but she she loves her job at Southern Glaciers. Uh, my, my our daughter is a go getter. She uh, she she has definitely our genes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has my bad genes, and she has Janice's good genes. Let me put it that way.
0: Yeah. Well, she certainly got Janice's good looks. No know doubt about, about that. that. But, yes. uh, she, she's certainly a great, uh, great young lady, and uh, I've had the great fortune to have, spend some time with her. And I, I'm just fascinated by the next generation. Is there going to be another generation of folks like us that are willing to get out there and risk it? I mean, that, what you do is you basically put your net worth on the line every single day. And, uh, I mean, that's just, you know, that's part of it. And you either love it. Nobody does it for the money, that's for sure. Um, And so I'm fascinated by, uh, I spent yesterday with my son and, He's in the real estate business, and you know it's hard. I mean, there's no like you and I talked about earlier. It'd be nice if you just had a salary and benefits, but when you're self-employed or uh, entrepreneurial, those aren't the that's not the way it happens. Hey, one last thing, you just brought up your daughter and the eventual are going to be doing. Tell me about uh, you're such a great community, giver. You're so uh, you support Catholic charities, you support Straight Jesuit Saint Thomas. Um, you've been fabulous, Casa de Esperanza, all the groups that. Uh, my wife Laurel and I enjoy uh, supporting, and you've been incredibly philanthropic in that regard. Tell us, kind of, what you think about the city of Houston. I mean, I, I personally, I don't think there's a more philanthropic city. But tell us about your experiences and and how you how you want to give back, and the things that you and Janice have done.
1: You know, as I alluded to a few few minutes ago, but I don't know what it feels like to live in any other city. Um, you know. My, uh, it's just been – Houston's just such a great city. It's become a diversified city. I mean, I remember when my – grand, we lived in Tango Wild. My grandparents lived, you know, four blocks away on Valverde Street. And my grandfather literally taught me how to drive going down on Westheimer, which was uh, – and then turning on the old um, – you know, which is now Beltway 8, which used to be West Belt, which when you got to a certain point, it was a Shell oh, Street. Yeah, you bet. And so uh uh And so – but, you know, it's just it, – look, it's just – I just love this city. I mean, how can you not give back to the city that you are, if you're able to, and God willing, uh, give back to you that's been so good to you? And again, Houston has been good to our family. Uh, it, it, when I say our family, I mean our whole family. And uh, you, you, if you can give back, you, you need to give back to the community because that's where the grassroots are.
0: That's wonderful. Well, I agree with you. And, and of course, watching what your, as you say, your extended family has done, I Course, I remember when your father passed away and uh, I pulled up to George H. Lewis. I never saw so many food trucks, and I thought this could be the most fun wake I've ever been to. And somebody said, Well, how long are you staying? I said, Well, until, until they put the food out. I mean, come on, I'm Catholic. We know better than that. I'm not going to run in there and say, a Quick rosary. We got lots of things we can do here. You know, the Italian community is so important. You've been a big leader of that, particularly in the Italian festival. What's going to happen this year with the Italian festival in COVID nineteen? And have they come up with any plans for? Yeah, it was a last reboot? week. It was right. last weekend. Yeah.
1: Sorry, uh, no, no, it was. Uh, we actually decided in June. I'm on the board of the Italian Cultural Center, and we actually decided in June not to have the festival this year. Okay. Uh, because you've got to get your sponsors lined up and what have you. And uh, it, it really, well, I think, was a no brainer. Uh, there are plans for 2021, uh, you know, if the vaccine's out and everybody's back to work. Uh, but, no, I'm kidding. Uh, there are plans for 2021. Uh, in, in, we'll just in, see what happens.
0: October, or will you try to move uh, it no, I, I, Well,
1: we don't know. They, they, uh, they've talked about moving it back, um, like, in the spring. Uh, and so it kind of depends upon what the University of St. Thomas allows us to do right. because they're uh, – We always have, you know, we're dealing with with a landlord again, and so we're 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 doing see what they tell us to do. They're a good
0: landlord. They are a good landlord. Yes, they are. (laughs) And uh, and you've done a great job. The last couple of years, going out there, and so much fun, and uh, really a great chance for the Italian community to come together. I, you know, I'm fascinated, like you, growing up here. <clears throat> it's such a melting pot. I, I and it's almost you know I went to high, to grade school to you know different grade schools. If you went to Holy Ghost, we like, we had a lot of Hispanics, a lot of Cubans. I know that you know St. Thomas, um, same Jesuit, a little bit more diversified. But it's amazing to me how the city comes together, and particularly times like the ones we live in. I don't, yeah. you know, <clears throat> we don't have we don't seem to have any of the other issues that these big cities have. People seem to pull together, and maybe it's just because we're all waterlogged. I feel like we've had more hurricanes. In the last two years, than we had in the first thirty, and um, uh, but everybody seems to pull together, and that's what's fun to see.
1: Yeah, and that um, is what's fun. That, I think that's what makes Houston separate from other cities. That we this city is always pulled together. I remember as a kid, you know, watching the Jerry Lewis telethons you know, for Labor Day weekend, and you know, we'd see what the city would raise and what have you. And it just seems like you know, in Houston was a smaller city, and Houston would always just kind of rise up be up there as far as donations, the top three or four. So it, it's a it's a great city and uh, I, I love it as I said now the third time I just couldn't imagine living in the other city I'm, I'm right there with you well um, just
0: kind of um, anything else you want to add today uh, your t- t- the restaurants at West Alabama um, your hours what, what are your hours these days oh uh,
1: we are right now doing dinners only um, yeah. and then we start back to lunches on October the 27th two weeks from today so we'll start doing luncheons and dinners back trying to get back the old way, the old yeah. piatto way. Sure. if if people go back to work,
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, we had an event over there. You do private events as well, and I, 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 people, I guess, are booking up for Christmas. So, uh, what's the best number to call so people can reach out and uh, get in touch with you if they want to set up a private dinner or a client event or something like
1: that? Yeah, the best way is call us at the restaurant. It's forty nine twenty five West Alabama, off the corner of Post Oak Boulevard, and the phone number is seven one three eight seven one nine seven two two. And we do outside of catering; we deliver uh, we're delivering right now to in people's homes as well, too. So it's curbside pickup and dining in Eiley, so it as well, too. So it's, it's okay. Good. And what's your, um, uh, website? Uh, dot com.
0: Well, great. John, as always, John, Mayer, it's great to be with you. I love having you in here today. And, uh, just want to thank you personally. You've been such a supporter of my family, uh, you know, I get <laughs> choked up, you know, I would get on my birthday and, you know, I've seen a lot in this day and age and uh, we're fortunate to have another generation of uh, family getting together and, and enjoying good food and good wine and good drinks. So uh, thank you for being here today. And, you know, John, your, your story is a great reminder that yesterday's history and tomorrow's a mystery and uh, today's a gift from God, which is why we call it the present. And I'm Jeb on This is my podcast, The Texans View of the World. Thank you, Johnny.
1: Thank you, Jeb.